Podcast Answer Man, episode number 305. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hi, this is Cynthia Sanchez from the Oh So Pinteresting Podcast. You are listening to Cliff Ravenscraft. He's been taking podcasting to the next level since 2005. He is the Podcast Answer Man. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and this, my friends, is The Podcast about podcasting, helping you take your show to the next level. It doesn't matter if you're a brand new podcaster, if you've been podcasting for many years, or you haven't quite yet recorded that first episode. You know, there's always podcasting podcastingatoz.com that can help you out with that. Anyway, there's something we can all do to take what we're doing to the next level. And that's what this show is all about. Except for one thing, my friends. I have to admit to you that uh, we got a little bit carried away when we recorded our social media segment with my good friend Eric J. Fisher again this morning. Um, Ended up being about just over 50 minutes. So, my friends, this is going to be a full episode dealing with um, a little bit of talk about Twitter and how you can gain more followers scientifically, how it's been proven to have a more, how to increase the impact, do things that increase the impact that you get uh, with getting more followers. Anyway, you'll understand when we get to the social media segment, I promise. Also, a little bit of talk that wasn't even prepared, but uh, why I actually consider Facebook my favorite social media network now. Uh, A couple things revealed there about why that is. Now, normally I would think I would be a little bit concerned having two episodes of Podcast Answer Man back-to-back that are so heavily in focused on social media, except for the fact that one of the number one questions I'm often asked is, how do you gain more people? How do you grow your audience? How do you get uh, more people to listen to the content that you're creating for your show? And my friends, I'm going to tell you, number one, my, my number one answer to that is build more meaningful relationships with people. And the number one way that I have found to do that is through social media. Tools like Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and yes, if you want to, Google Plus. Ah, I hate that service. Anyway, um, all of these things, these are the, these are the things that um, really make the magic happen because yeah, it's great to create content but to connect with those who consume it, that is where the magic happens in my mind. So I don't mind the fact that we're doing two episodes back to back where the social media segment is pretty much a majority of the show. Now I will tell you, I'll be back next week. Eric's gonna be out of town, uh, so I'll be back uh, doing this solo solo show next week uh, unless some kind of interview hits me up as my fancy. Uh, but uh, anyway, I have some great content that I've got rummaging around inside my mind that I, I look forward to bringing to you again next week. Anyway, before we jump right into the very extended uh, social media segment, I do want to let you guys know real quickly, podcasting A to Z class coming up May 20th. Um, it is going to be a wonderful four-week session. If you have been struggling to, to have what it takes to get that first episode online, struggle no more, my friends. Head over to podcastinga-to-z.com and let's get you up and running. In fact, I'm going to share with you a personal plug of the week here right now, and it happens to be somebody who was one of my uh, podcasting A to Z students, and that is Amy Porterfield. This week's personal plug of the week is her online marketing Made Easy podcast, You can find that over at amyporterfield.com and click on the podcast link. That'll take you where you can find it on our website. Or if you want to be able to be taken directly into iTunes where you can subscribe right away uh, in your podcast app, you can go to amyporterfield.com slash podcast. It will take you right to our show. I specifically want to... address your attention, if you (laughs) direct your attention, that's what I wanted to say. I want to direct your attention to episode number seven of her podcast, released back on April 11th, uh, which is titled, How to Get More Facebook Fans. Now, 
I don't have a fan page for Facebook right now, but I've been thinking about some different things as I move forward and and stuff like that. I I cut those out a long time ago, shared that in previous episodes. But uh, if you happen to have a Facebook fan page, you definitely want to check out episode number seven because Amy Porterfield has a lot of experience in helping a lot of people gain a lot of fans on Facebook. So again, that's my personal plug of the week. Uh, It is the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast with Amy Porterfield. Again, if you like her, check her out and uh, make sure that you leave her a rating or review on iTunes and be sure to let her know that you found her because of the podcast Answer Man. Well, my friends, um, again, this episode fully devoted to Twitter and Facebook and social media. I hope that you enjoy and I'm just going to switch right over to this pre-recorded conversation with my good friend Eric right now. All right, my friends, it is that time once again, our social media segment. And of course, we are joined by none other than Eric J. Fisher, our social media correspondent for Podcast Answer Man and GSPN.TV. Eric, how's it going, my friend? I am doing excellent. Thank you for having me. Hey, we're going to be talking about what has always been in the past my favorite social network. Does that does that the way that I phrase that, does that bring any thoughts to your mind at all? You still like Facebook better. I as of recently. I don't know that I. Yeah, I think I do. I think you think you do. I think I think I do. Um, I, I oftentimes am posting things to my personal profile on Facebook more often than Twitter, which is really weird. Other than the fact that when you consider the fact that I get a ton more engagement on Facebook because of the threaded comments. I know we've gone over this many times in the past. And and for me, I think it's the opposite. I get more follow and appreciation for, you know, stuff I do and interaction on Twitter than I do on Facebook. And so I have a, I have a question about that so that I can kind of maybe see if I can assume why that is. I treat my Facebook profile probably like you treat your treat your Twitter account, meaning that um, mine is very much connect with anybody and everybody on Facebook, whereas I assume that you're probably connected more with friends and family and closer relations on Facebook. You know, you're exactly right. And I'm glad you pointed that out because I've been curious myself. So that insight actually really does open my eyes a bit. Okay. So when you think about this, you know, a prophet's never accepted in his own hometown. So all of that wonderful stuff that you say, well, that's just Eric. We've known him all of our lives. Yep. He's yep. that guy I went to high school with, or he's that guy I went to college with. He's that guy who shows up at our family picnic every year. <clears throat> who cares what he has to say? Whereas when yep. I post to my personal profile on Facebook, it's, uh, you know, a couple thousand people who I've met online and, uh, you know, we're we're building relationships and, and everything is new and exciting. We're all in our honeymoon phase. Yeah. And I think that's that's for me, that's the difference right there is because I'm connected to all the people that I've actually known in real life, you know, at different stages that, you know, family and friends, et cetera, on Facebook, it gets a little bit muddy when suddenly in real life, someone's like, now who's that? Now who's this? I see all these strangers on your stuff. And I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. You know, so it gets a little weird there. But Twitter, you know, no, nobody in my real life, for the most part, <laughs> is on there uh, that I see on a daily basis, you know, except for some some few select exceptions. Exactly. And so it doesn't matter as much that way. So, And for me, what I find is that on if if you look at my facebook profile i well let me look at my facebook profile and i can tell you exactly rather than just kind of guessing since the last time i looked i have 2870 friends and i think i have uh like 3 almost 400 followers on my facebook personal profile and of those let's just add it up to about 3000 people of those 3000 people I am almost certain that most of them, uh, okay, 80%, if I had to guess, and I am guessing, 80% of those people are also following me on Twitter. But here's mm-hmm. the here's the interesting thing, though. I have 9,630 people who follow me on Twitter, 
But when I post things on Facebook, I get a much greater response. And there are a couple reasons why I think this is. Number one, I think it's due to the fact that I'm not limited to 140 characters. So I'm, I am able to share just a little bit more to grab people's attentions, to take it to, let's just say, a status update to the next level. <laughs> and also, not to mention the fact that I can put uh, images and videos in line. So um, it and, and I do happen to post a lot on Facebook with images attached to it. Now, yes, I can uh, add a, a, a twit pic or, or I guess it's an official Twitter image now, but I can add images to my tweet, yet it even further reduces my character limit that I can give on a status update. So, oh my gosh, Eric, I do like Facebook better. I think you proved your point. Ah, yuck. That's that almost makes me, make me makes me feel dirty. Well, uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I do like Facebook um, and, and I have been enjoying it more and more. And that's that's pretty interesting. What a, what a big change, because Twitter used to be the it used to be the thing. And uh, now it's it. Facebook is where I'm where I find that I'm enjoying the interactions most. And And here's the other thing that I'm finding is that I, you know, I went to social media marketing world and um, I was, you know, sitting in on one of the sessions and it talked about being responsive, you know, and I think it might have even been Pat Flynn's session. I don't I, I can't remember. But anyway, somebody was talking about being responsive. You know, responding to people in social media when they at reply you or when they leave a comment and when they leave a, you know, when on your blog post or on your YouTube videos or whatever the case may be. And I had always been very responsive. But when I was at Social Media Marketing World, I was with my family and I really unplugged from anything that was just not a required commitment. And I saw all the at replies come in because of all the new people I was exposed to and stuff like that. And they were just coming in hot and heavy. And I figure, you know what, when I get back, I'll set aside a day and I'll, I'll go through and respond to all of those. And I've been back for a week. Actually, it's been two. Is it two weeks now? No, I've been back for a full week. Yeah. Anyway, the thing is, is that um, I still haven't responded to anybody since my. Well, I can't say not anybody, but I would say I've out of more than 150 at replies. I've probably responded to 20 of them in the last couple weeks and that makes me feel bad and so i don't like i don't know that i like that well Um, so it's that social media inbox mentality it is the social media inbox but the other thing is 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 that um at least with twitter i do feel like there's one nice thing about it i can go to the at connect tab on twitter and i can scroll back to a date and Uh then finally go and respond but even then, for and, and Twitter is pretty good at le- letting people see what I'm responding to when they click on it so they can see the corresponding tweet that I've replied to, which is kind of cool. But it would still be cool if they had inline uh, comments on status updates so that people could see, oh, yeah, clearly this is there. Yeah. He's responding to something where I was sitting in on his session and and said something, you know, tweeted out something that inspired me and and I, now I could actually go back and say, hey, thank you so much for attending my session. Uh, sorry, I haven't gotten back to you sooner or something like that. But anyway, Twitter, Facebook, it, it's, it's, it's an evolving thing in my mind as for which one you know gets the most attention. But I will say, folks, if you're not following my personal profile on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash Cliff Ravenscraft. I do post more of me there than on Twitter these days if you want to follow or friend. Yeah. And and you know what? I am now accepting friends again. <laughs> <laughs> so if people want to check me out at Facebook.com slash Eric with a K, the letter J, F-I-S-H-E-R, I will accept your friend request. Awesome stuff, man. Hey, you know, we are we are eight and a half minutes into this social media segment and we have not even started talking about this was topic. the prologue. This was the prologue. Anyway, that by the way, folks, what we just discussed, completely improv. Uh, just came up as I hit the record button. But anyway, we're now going to talk about what we're going to talk about. Tell us about this article, where you found it, what it is, and uh, we'll get into the details. All right. Well, 
I was fortunate enough months ago to interview somebody that works at Twitter, Claire Diaz Ortiz, and you can check that out on my podcast. And she, when she, because she works at Twitter, when she tweets about Twitter, I listen, I pay attention because I think she's an authority on that, having worked there. And she tweeted out an article that said, science reveals what really increases Twitter followers. And I thought, hmm, interesting. And so what this is, is it is an article that has some research done over a, a time span that talks about how to increase or ne not necessarily increase. I mean, it does increase, but how to not lose or really attract, you know, make sure you're not detracting potential Twitter followers. I guess that's probably the best way to frame that. I, you know what? I think it says in, in a, a way that, because it's not about increasing them right now, but right. It's, it, if if you want to see a, an overall increase over time, these are the things that take to pay attention to. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you want to trend upwards in the follower account of your Twitter account, these are the things. Definitely. What you know, um, one of the things that I noticed is that this article starts off with uh, what the second most harmful factor to growing a Twitter audience is, and we'll quote that here in just a moment. But Eric, I don't recall this article ever saying what the number one <laughs> most harmful <laughs> factor to growing a Twitter audience. Do you? I read through it once, but honestly, uh, it's not there. See. You know what? I don't know that it does either. It I doesn't. really just was I thought there was so much good information in the article that I never noticed that they didn't f go th follow through with the the top thing, I guess. I, they, they they that just drives me crazy. They they share the second most harmful factor, knowing that there is a number one most harmful factor that is more harmful than what we're about ready to share with you. We yet. can probably make it up, make up our own. <laughs> I, I'm going to share one of my personal tips at the end, but let's go ahead yeah. and talk about the second most harmful factor to growing a Twitter audience. You want to read that? Sure. The second most harmful factor to growing a Twitter audience, and this is a quote, is this might be... Actually, be you, you know what? For some reason, I didn't get that one in here. Hold on. Oh, well... <laughs> Here it is. It, it, I'll tell you what, I'll read it since it, I actually had to go back to the link. Expressing negative sentiments in tweets is the second most harmful, harmful factor to growing a Twitter audience. That's that's the part that I got. So yeah. it's expressing negative sentiments in tweets. Have you, have you ever been turned off by that? I have. Honestly, even people that I, and I'm not going to name names, but there have been people that I highly respect that I kind of suddenly have a twinge of, Really? When I see them tweet something that's just flat out negative or complaining because I go by the, and I'm not saying I'm better than them, but I go by the rule of thinking and working out your emotions or whatever before you tweet. It's the whole type the email up if you're angry and then delete it and don't send it, you know? Yep. So I have been known in my past several years of using social media to occasionally vent online. Um, I've really went, I don't remember that at you, all. You don't? <laughs> I do. Oh, okay. I'm joking. Uh, I've done it maybe three to five times mm -hmm. in a podcast episode, which is not too bad considering I have over 3000 episodes. But, um, when I did them, I, I did them well. <laughs> and, uh, I have had a couple, I have had a couple raging Twitter streams, uh, from time to time, and even on Facebook, uh, not too long ago, I, I I pretty much got upset and went to the social media world to say where I was uh, very upset. And and you know, I so yeah, I, I totally get that. Sometimes I would say that depending on what the negative sentiments are, I don't think that it's always going to have a harmful effect. So don't take this as gospel truth. Uh, in fact, I would say most recently on Facebook. I had a very, very negative sentiment towards a certain conference uh, that I shared, and it and it actually got a ton, a ton of social interaction on that. You you were a part of that conversational thread. Yes. Would you say that that had a harmful factor to my my social media audience that would follow me? Not to those who already follow you, but I think the potential for somebody to think that you, without knowing you, and I think that's where this applies to Twitter, is I know that you the main talk was on Facebook, 
uh, I think that somebody who maybe didn't know you but saw you saying some of the things that you said without context or knowing you would think, oh, I don't, I don't want to follow them. Right. I, I, so I, I totally get it, that. I don't think it hurts your current following. I think it hurts potential following. You know, I think interesting, uh, what's interesting here is that I don't believe that I could have had those negative, um, those negative thoughts uh, shared in 140 characters. No, no. And I don't believe that you can effectively string together two or three Twitter posts, although I've tried. Have you ever done that where you, you are on Twitter and you only have a couple, like seven characters left and you put C-O-N-T for continue and then you start the next tweet with continued from and then you go on and you do like, it, that just doesn't work. I, I've done it maybe once or twice ever. Yeah. I don't, it, it's very rare that I would ever do it. But, um, you know, and again, that's one of those reasons why, you know, I, I was able to share that on Facebook, not so much on Twitter. But I do I do agree with this when it comes to people like, you know, oh, great. Another delayed flight or, oh, great. You know, I hate American Airlines or I hate, yeah. I hate this company. I hate this. This and, the you know, the negative Nellies out there, even when they add the hashtag first world problems to soften the blow. I still think, yeah, but you're thinking it. And yeah, <laughs> you know what? Like, and I'm again, I'm not hating, but you're not going to find me doing that because I try to honestly have those thoughts and then let them float away and not be negative. I'm interested to know, Eric, have you ever clicked unfollow because of somebody's negativity? I'm sure I have. Yeah. I, I not, know I know lately. I have not lately I it's not always the first I'm very I, it needs to be a repeating pattern of people do some person doing that for me to ever get to that point yeah well back in the day when I followed anybody and everybody that followed me um, it was very easy for me to click the unfollow button uh, with my you know picky ways of choosing who I follow on Twitter these days I, I'm following people on uh, with a very clear purpose of why I'm following them and it takes a lot for me to unfollow them so these days I don't know that it would actually keep me from um, you know I don't think that I would unfollow anybody that I'm following now just because of a couple negative tweets but to be honest with you I can tell you that I've chosen not to follow people based upon personality traits that I am aware of already so I, I, I just naturally wouldn't follow a complainer or you know uh, somebody who gripes all the time about everything right so inter- interesting. Anyway, so it's, that's the it's second most hard. It's it's a factor, and it's going to be a different uh, percent of a factor for different people. Yeah. So very good. That's the number two most harmful factor: expressing <laughs> negative sentiments in your tweets. And of course, um, like you said, Eric, their their uh, research in here says that it might be because Twitter is a medium dominated by weak social ties, and negative sentiment from strangers may be unpleasant. So. I definitely can see where I Twitter is typically a service where it's more of a in a social space. It's like, hey, I met you at a conference. Okay, I'll click and follow you. And I used to do that a lot. And so I can see where, yeah, I don't really know you, but um, I'm following you. And hopefully I'll see some good stuff from you and, and right. make me more interested. But negative yeah. tweets would certainly um, put you on the on the unfollow list. All right. So the study, they actually did a study, um, tracked data from over 500 active users as they tweeted more than 500,000 tweets in a course of 15 months. Uh, and, and I really hope that that's a cumulative number of tweets from those 500 people because <laughs> if all 500 of those people tweeted 500,000 times in 15 months, no, they, they have a problem. Certainly cumulative. And one of the things that they did uh, with their filters of who they would actually study in, in here, it, these are basically um, everyday, typical, non-celebrity users. Very few, if any, are brand institutional accounts. So, yeah. so that's, so that's another thing to keep it. People like you and me. Right. For the most part. So, so now here's the thing where it says another bit of advice uh, based on the findings. Do you think maybe this is the number one? I, I think that's, I honestly, I think that might be it because what I was going to get venture as my guess was Twitter spam and not in the traditional, hey, check, you know, here's my risque avatar picture and then here's my click to a link that's, you know, affiliate link, blah, blah, blah. But 
I, I do think that people can perceive people tweeting about their stuff or themselves over and over again as spam. Right. And so, that would unfollow you. Yeah. So their number one piece of it, or well, actually it doesn't say that they're, they just say another bit of advice on the finding. Stop tweeting so much about yourself. And they say that informational content attracts followers with an effect that is roughly 30 times higher than the effect of personal me former content, which deters growth. Uh, the researchers like wrote, they, the researchers said, we think this is due to the prevalence of weak ties on Twitter. Yeah. And I mean, we, and people can debate about the whole weak ties thing and that's fine. But, uh, yeah, definitely. I like the word me former. It's like performer, but it's all about me. So it's a me former content where it's like, I did this. I did that. I did this. Check out my thing. Thing and well, thing, thingy thing thing. Well, you know, actually, I think it's more, I think the word is, is kind of like the informer. You know, it's like I'm informing you of this great information out there that's out. Well, yeah. And and I'm informing you about me, the me form. I like that one because it's like, hey, I, this is the me formant here mm-hmm. to tell you about every aspect of my life and i've gone that route too and Me too. and i've done that and um the thing is is i don't you know i i would hesitate to consider ourselves um celebrities but i would say that we certainly have people because of our 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 ties through social media or through podcasting and stuff like that we do have a lot of people who do know us very well in fact know us a great deal better than we know them and they are interested in more of the day-to-day lives. Mm-hmm. So, so, and so there is, to a certain extent, some expectation that you do some of that because yeah. that's what they're, that's what the people want. I have an entire podcast that is all about it. It is my me former podcast. True, <laughs> pursuingabalancedlife.com. dot uh, com, and 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 it's got what five hundred thirty two episodes, and and people still enjoy that content. So, yeah. Again, not all so, of this will apply to everyone. No. And I think, again, it's, 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 I think it's about having a good mix. It's about having, you know, staying not as non-negative as you can, first off. And second of all, off, if you're going to do me-former type content, then definitely mix it up with talking to other people, actual. Like, I've, I've seen a few people say, yeah, Twitter's all automated you know, headlines and links these days. I don't really love it. And I, I see where they're coming from because I do remember when it was all mostly chat. Mm-hmm. It used to be almost only chat. I remember that when it first, when we, when I first started, when you first started and it has gone to more of a, you know, information feed, and but I don't, I don't think that's wrong. I just think that, you know, to a certain extent it's, it's still about interaction too. I I would I would venture to say I kind of think it's wrong. I cuz it but it's just because of what I started out with Twitter. It used to be do you, Twitter started with what are you doing? Remember right. that? Yep. What are you doing? That that was how Twitter started and that's the that's what drew me in and guess what? I was very interested in what Eric was doing. I was very interested in what all these other people were doing. Even people I didn't know, I was interested in what they were doing because they were doing things that were outside of what I would normally think to do. And and I totally enjoyed that aspect of it. And I I feel like, you know, I'm looking in here at Monty Campbell, John Buchanan, and and uh, Jim Queso and, and Kim Landwehr and Lord as Wellhaven and all these other people that are in the chat room night, right now, you know, I would learn much more about who they are as people by them answering the question on Twitter, what are they doing right now? Yeah. Then here's a link to another article. Here's a link to another article. Here's a link to another article. And so it says among the count, accounts studied in this study, users talked about themselves in 40 per, 41% of their tweets while informational content accounted for only 24%. And and it's almost talking about that as a bad thing. And I want to just say, I'm sad that it's only 41%. I, uh, I, yeah. I, I miss the me former content. I, I miss the deeper connections. And I think probably... That's why I am moving more and more towards Facebook. Yep. Do you yeah. See where I'm coming from. I, and I, I didn't do. Realize, I do see that. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't realize that until just when I said that. 
Well, because now Facebook asks, asks you when you go there and there's the post at the top of the feed, what's on your mind? Yeah, and it, and it actually used to say Cliff is. And oh, you, man, I forgot about that. You, you had to uh, you had to actually finish the statement. But yeah, uh-huh. so what's on your mind? And, and, and I do prefer that kind of stuff. You know, occasionally I do click on a link. Um, but it's not why it's not why I follow people. And Twitter now says compose new tweet dot dot dot. Yeah, and and well, and Twitter made a public statement a long time ago. It's like, listen, we're not here to be this this this. We're a news. We're 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 here for news. We're here to, you know, we're here to relate information. And and so Twitter's the reason behind this shift. Uh, they they yeah. they did this intentionally. Yeah, they did say we're not a social network. We're an information network. That's exactly what they said. And and so I I guess the reason why uh, Twitter has has gone to number two in my list is because of this. And and actually I don't I don't not gonna say probably it is. I I can certainly say the reason why I don't enjoy Twitter as much as I used to is because it is mostly here's a great article from so and so link dot 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 and it's just not the same. I really miss hearing what's going on in people's day to day lives. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 an excellent point, honestly. Yep. So anyway, factors from the chart. So they had this chart in there, and they talk mm-hmm. about all the things that have the biggest impact. And we're gonna st- we're gonna read these off and give a little commentary. But um, they said, you know, let's start with the biggest impact first, and go to the things that have the littlest amount of impact. But let's start with the 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 big ones first. Number of connections in common with potential new followers is good. So when you sign up, when you are, when you click on somebody's profile today, it actually tells you, doesn't it, how, who you have in common? It does. So if I click It'll on... It'll say who's, who that you're following is following them. Yep. So for example, here's uh, Michelle McPherson. Have you ever heard of her? I've heard of Elle McPherson. Okay, she she I I just went in here. It says who to follow on Twitter. So I click on her profile. It says Michelle McPherson, and um, it's a and her pro and by the way by the way her bio is brunette, <laughs> and she's in Pet, she's in Petaluma, California, and she's got from idea to empire dot com. She's I, I see that she's got six thousand four hundred four tweets, two hundred thirty five people that she's following, and she's got fifteen thousand nine hundred four followers. And then below that, it tells me that she's followed by John Lee Dumas, Miron uh, Beckett, uh, Breckett, uh, Albert Hathazi, and eight others. And I can click on the eight others link, and it tells, and then it takes me to the long list. And I can see my good friends, uh, Lord Aswellhaven, Mark Mason, Wayne Henderson, Pat Flynn, Stu McLaren, Dave Sinkin from Blog World, uh, New Media Expo, Jason Van Orden, and Elsie Escobar. All those people are following this individual. So, which is a pretty high endorsement. Then, this is to a, see all those people following her. It's it's not so much the number of people, but it's it's not the the number. It's that it's those people. It's those people. These are the people who are at the top of my personal list of people. Now, of course, the thing is, is do you want to know why it's the top of my personal list? Because it's, you're not it, following that many people. Because I only follow people who are at the top of my list. Right. So, so basically, I I, tr- I tend to keep my following to about a hundred or so people, and and so this tells me how many people out of the hundred or so that I follow on Twitter also follow this person, and that does have a lot of impact. So that is a big one. What's the next one? The next one is high frequency of others retweeting your tweets, and that one's almost a duh. Yeah, and this is, and by the way, some of these are good, some of these are bad. So basically, it's the amount of impact. We're going from the greatest to the least impact. And is it a good impact or a bad impact? And so far, the first one, having the number of in common uh, potential new followers is good. High frequency of others who are retweeting your content is good. Well, that is a duh. Yeah. I mean, it, it obviously, what happens is they're taking your content and sharing it with their friends. And whenever I actually put out a tweet, I recently put out a tweet uh, from Pat Flynn saying congratulations because his book Let Go is number one in entrepreneurial and business in Amazon Kindle, which is totally awesome. Congratulations, Mm -hmm. Pat. Great book, too. Yep. And that got retweeted by a couple people. And as soon as that happened, I signed into Twitter and saw my account say, you know, you know, 23 new people are following you just as a result of that. So obviously that has a very good impact. So if you can yep. create content that others would naturally retweet, that is going to be having that's going to have a high impact 
on the number of people who follow you overall. All right, next yes. one. High frequency of informational tweets. I, and they say this is good. They say it's good. And I think what they mean is, I think what they're saying with this in a weird way is tweet good stuff, tweet content that somebody will like. Yep. And, and that's, you know, depending upon what your Twitter account is being used for, that's the context of what's good and, you know. Yeah. I And, and again, the, my own personal preference is that it has a little bit more of a negative effect. I, I like a low frequency of informational tweets. I like I like informational tweets from you that are related to who you are. Mm-hmm. And that's great. But but a high frequency of them. And I'm even following quite a few people who, you know, that load up their informational tweets into some systems like Buffer and stuff like that, that to be honest with you, I really just wish I knew what you were doing right now a little bit more. So, um, yep. yeah, I, I feel like it's, it, it's a little bit I, I look at those stories and some of them are new. They're unique. They're blogs I would have never read or anything like that. But. Anyway, I, I, I'm not saying that informational tweets turn me off, but too much of them, a high frequency actually can have um, can have a negative impact on me personally. All right, next one is... Too many broadcast tweets that are not directed at anyone in particular. And they say this is being bad. bad. Broadcast tweet, like, um, like for example... I have 35 more, you know, I've got 79 more in emails in my inbox, but I'm calling it a day. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Although I think you would consider that a more of a what are you doing right now? That's true. But it so. but that is a tw- tweet that is being just broadcasted out and it's not really directed at anyone in particular. It's just like, "Hey, this is what's going on." Yeah. Yep. I'm hopping on the next flight. Yep. Uh, running through the airport to get to the next flight. Really? While you're tweeting? Really? <laughs> <laughs> I always, when I see those, I'm like, oh, geez. Yeah. You're, you're tweeting, but you're rushing to the airport or to the to the next flight. Anyway. Too much yeah. negative sentiment in your tweets is bad. Obviously, we've talked about that one. Here's a big one. A detailed profile description or bio uh, is good. And I could not agree with this more. The, yeah. the most fill up every, as much of that thing as you can fill with good information that describes who you are. It is your sales page for whether or not I'm going to follow you. Mm-hmm. And it also, if you use the right words that really do describe you and what you're doing, people will find you based on searching for Twitter bios. Exactly. All right. The next one is profile URL is listed uh, let's see, pl- profile URL is listed, which is good. Yep. Has, profile has a URL listed. Oh, so basically. you have a URL? So basically, it, it, you know, if you go to twitter.com slash gspn, I think, doesn't it link back to Podcast Answer Man? I think it does. I think so. It actually, uh, yeah, podcastanswerman.com. So that's what they're talking about. It doesn't yep. link back to somewhere where they could click to get more information. Yes. Before they make their decision. All right, that's a good one. All right, uh, what's this next one? Burstiness. Burstiness. Of, I've never heard that word. Of your tweets or the peak rate of tweets per hour. More is good, Twitter agrees. So I think what they're saying is short you know, bursts of tweets and then a lull and then doing it again. At least that's what I'm reading this to be, a burst. Like a burst would be like a shotgun. Boom, 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 boom. And I don't think it'd be all... I don't think tweeting out seven headlines all at once is what they mean by that. I think what they mean is you jump in and interact with a bunch of people all at once. Like you answer a bunch of quote unquote tweet emails real quick and then downtime again. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't I, it's know hard to read what they mean by this. I, this one, they don't actually give any very, very good clarity. One thing I can say, um, if you're going, if you're going to go in and start replying to people, that's cool because that doesn't necessarily fill up my timeline. Right, but all of a sudden, I will tell you one thing that really turns me off is the time when somebody who is a little bit more of a celebrity, uh, they have tons of followers, and one of the things that they do is instead of hitting at reply, you know, hey, thanks for the response, at reply, hey, thanks for the response, they go in and retweet everything. They hit retweet and then addendum yes. their comment on it. Yeah, I, and yet as the opposite, you kind of, <laughs> I'll I'll confess. If a quote-unquote celebrity 
reads something that I say and comments on it by retweeting it and adding their comment, I feel good. Yeah, but it's it's just those ones that do it for every I single know. one. Right. Yeah. It, and it's it, less about you. It's more about just hit reply and, and respond. Don't worry about how it's seen. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I, I guess what I'm saying is some of the celebrities that I might follow, and I'm not talking about like big celebrities. I'm talking about just people like, you know, that are internet in, in, influencers. Let's right. just say that, um, you know, I, I'd, I'd prefer that they curate their retweets <laughs> <laughs> rather than, you know, 40 bur- uh, burstiness of 40. So, yeah, um, more is good is what uh, they're saying in this article. I, I don't know. I don't know if we really understand what they're saying. And I, and regardless of what they're saying, I'm not quite sure I agree. But uh, yeah, anyway, high ratio of followers to following is good. So I think that means that if you if if you've got a higher number of people following you than you are following, then that is actually seen as good. And and like, for example, if you go to my profile, I have nine thousand six hundred thirty people who follow me and I follow one oh four and they're actually seeing that as good. Yeah. Ratio of high ratio of followers to following. Right. Yeah. And and because in a way you don't want that backwards. That's for sure. Yeah. Because it communicates in a way it's like, wait a second. So these people, you know, when they're following him, they, I mean, Cliff Ravenscraft, they know that, you know, I'm not going to be following them back because I only follow 104 people out of almost 10,000. So there's not the expectation. So it's like, well, gosh, this guy must have something to say that people are interested in if he's not going to reciprocate with the follow. So right. that so so there is a little bit of that, but the other the other side of that is is when you actually have the ratio the other way where you're following 20,000 people and you only have 9,630 people who follows you. That means like dude, you're you're just following everybody hoping that some people will reciprocate. Mm-hmm. Right. So those those are the those are the kind of psychological factors that people are evaluating when they're thinking about following you. Yeah. All right. So what's the next one? Lots of tweets with positive sentiment. That's good. And and certainly this is one of my favorite things is is to put out quotes every now and then. I I, I don't want I don't like the burstiness of putting them out all day every day. Right. Um I tried doing buffer where I would buffer quotes at th- you know three different times in the day and it's like eh, that's a little much. I like occasionally putting it out there. And uh, certainly one that kind of even fits my mood where I am today. A little bit more of the personal touch. But mm-hmm. but certainly a positive sentiment. People are, I, this is one of my great beliefs, is that people are in need of hope. And I believe we have the opportunity to give it to them. Yeah. Or or even offering praise to somebody who's doing something good. Yeah. So. Yep. All right. Cramming too many useless hashtags Ugh. into your tweet. Hashtag bad. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I hate, I hate, I hate, I hate just hashtags all throughout the entire tweet. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I, I think it's okay occasionally to throw those in, uh, especially if you're making a point. Given uh, for effect. Yeah. For effect. Yeah. For just for effect. But, but occasionally, but making regular use of hashtags everywhere can be just a little bit annoying. And it's certainly if you're hashtag spamming. Yeah. All right. Um, now this one they're saying is good. The next one use, use of, of long, long fancy words. What? Huh? Use of long fancy words is good. Yeah. I don't know if I would expect expert. Never mind. I'm not even going to try to use a long fancy word. No, I, you know, I'm going to say that's bad. Just uh. anytime I have to, you know, cl- go to Wikipedia or a dictionary to find out what the heck you just tweeted. Give me a break. I, yeah, I won't agree that it's, good but i'm not going to say that it's bad either this one's kind of uh, as long as you're not doing it to try and just be you know uh, appear uh authoritative right. for the sake of authority's sake you know exactly um authoritative i like that ooh that's a nice <laughs> one a nice word exactly I, I was trying to say extemporaneously but i couldn't say ooh, it before ooh, i'm following you all right uh, <laughs> <laughs> ooh but <laughs> That's great. And anyway, we're moving forward. Your tendency to follow back those who follow you is good. And I disagree with this. Uh, all the, whoa, 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 no, 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 no. I take that back. I take it back. I take it back. I take it back. 
for the sake of what for we're the sake of about, getting it. followers, it's going to have a greater impact. So basically, I have a I, people are going and, and I agree with this. This the fact that I only follow 104 people is going to have a negative impact on my ability to attract more followers. True. Because the folks or some are going to say, well, he's obviously or he's more than likely not going to follow me back. And so why should I follow him if he doesn't, you know, there, there are going to be people that that kind of have that mindset and that they're very concerned about their ratios and stuff like uh-huh. that. Yeah. But but for me, I've decided, you know, my goal isn't to have 100,000 followers on Twitter. My goal is to be able to um, maintain great relationships with people that I do follow on Twitter. Right. And so so I, I decided that, you know, getting the largest number of followers isn't my number one goal here. So that but I totally agree. If you wanted to go my route where you're only following a hundred or so people when you've got almost ten thousand people, don't expect everybody you meet to follow you because they're gonna see that and probably just pass you on by unless yeah. they're really interested in what you have to say. Yep. All right. Profile lists your location. Good. This is something I do not do. I I am um, well, wait a second. No, I actually do have Northern Kentucky. Yeah. So, so You're good. I, I do put that in there. That's good enough. But um, I make sure that I don't put my GPS location. Right. I mean, for mine, I put Indiana in the interwebs. So yeah, <laughs> it gives people an idea of what part of the country you're from and stuff like that, or what country you're from. For right. That matter. So yeah, I te- definitely agree. So anyway, those are the things that have the most impact on the number of people who follow you. And I, my favorite paragraph in this entire article is the last one. You want to read what it says, Eric? Sure. As always, with research like this, consider it a helpful framework, but not a step-by-step rulebook. Twitter users in general seem to want you to be positive, informative, and interactive. All good advice. Just remember, you also need to be yourself. And that's what I've chosen to do is just be myself. I do have one other tip, and I want to say that there are three individuals I met at Social Media Marketing World that um, I that I met, and I developed enough of a relationship with them that I wanted to follow them on Twitter. Three of them. Uh, and again, remember, I try to limit myself to 100, and I'm uh-huh. currently at 104. Of those three people, I only I am only following one of them, and um, I'm only following one of them. Uh, the reason why I did not follow the other two is because their Twitter ID was their brand name. Their Twitter profile picture was their brand logo, and the name... It for their in their Twitter profile, you know how you have your name and then you have your your username. Yep, their name was their brand as well. Oh, I would not follow them. You want to know why? Because yes, I developed a relationship with them. I knew their name as we were talking. I had their business card. I saw their Twitter ID. I went to look them up, and I knew that for thirty to sixty days, I would remember their name. But after that, I would forget who they were. Uh, as far as their name. And so I'll never be able. It's like I would have to actually click through and find out what the heck who this person is, you know, and, and I, it, it, just, it just bothered me. So I, I won't follow somebody unless I can tell who your name is. Now, uh, I don't know if she's actually going to be listening, but there's a girl named uh, Karen who I met from Tasmania and uh, it is uh, clickably social is the name that she has in Twitter. She is the one person I did follow. Um, but Clickably Social is the name that she has in there. And then it's CBC Social Media is her username. Now, normally, I would not follow her. Even though I met her and I developed a good relationship, she came to the meetup. It was, it was really great to meet her and her husband from Tasmania. But here's the here's the situation. Social, the, the Twitter ID... CBC social media doesn't tell me her name, doesn't tell me who she is. And then instead of putting her name, it just says clickably social. And that tells me nothing about it. But her Twitter, her profile picture is a picture of her. And here's the one thing that saved her. 
And that is, if I look at her bio, it says, giving your business personality online, owned by at Karen, Karen Withy. And so um, in her profile, she has a link to, or has the at K-A-R-Y-N-W-I-T-H-Y. And so if I ever do see a tweet from her, I can click on Clippy Social and remember that her name is Karen with, or actually Karen Hogan. And and so mm-hmm. I actually had to click on Karen with, oh, that's what it is. It's Karen with Y. Because her name is Karen and there's a Y in there. That's exactly. great. That's but, great. But here's the, so, so what, do you see what I just did? To yeah. thousands of people on Podcast Answer Man, what did I just tell everybody her name is? Karen Withy. Mm-hmm. Is that her name with Karen no. Withy? No. No. So I, I had already forgot that her last name was Hogan. It's Karen Hogan. And so this is one of my own personal pet peeves is when, you know, if you're and if I click on Karen with a Karen with Y, she's got um, five tweets. So she obviously doesn't use that account. If I was if I knew that she used both, I would have chose Karen with Y as the one I would follow because it has Karen Hogan as her name and Karen with Y there. But um, I I mean, she again, we had enough of an impact in our getting to know each other that I chose in spite of all this to to follow her. But, you know, it it it, it actually puts her on the fringe of how long I might follow her, depending, depending on what kind of content I see in my stream and how much we interact and and stuff like that. And again, when it comes to me curating and keeping my list around 104 people, when I go and want to follow four or five new people, I'm going to go through my list. Is there anybody that I need to drop? And and as much as I enjoyed meeting Karen Hogan, who I can remember right now for the next 90 seconds, um, if I continue to see clickably social, clickably social, that's going to be one user that I that that's going to be one account that will be at the top of the list of that would be the easiest for me to unfollow because because it is the less personal. Right. Yeah, it's it's what what you're really saying and really pointing out here is a is a networking uh faux pas or hurdle, I should say. Well, I don't It's know. a hurdle. You it, have to do certain things in order to really connect with them because well, Especially in, in, in I you know, obviously there are going to be some people who would argue, you know, but it's my brand and I'm really you know, it's not about me. It's my brand and I'm building that. And I don't want it all to be just me, me, me. But when it's somebody who has like this, where it's a, it's a small brand and, and you are very much, I mean, her, her Twitter profile's there, but I, it's, it's not so much, it's not so much Karen, at least with Karen, I followed her, which is, it's huge that I followed her because I want to connect with her further and see what she's got to say on social media. Um, but here's the situation is the other two people that I didn't follow, they were also independent small brands and they chose to not reveal their name on Twitter. And and I can see where you want to get your brand out there as much as possible. But I don't know. It, it, for me, I, if you're if you don't have a personal profile and you're only using a brand, then, you know, then use your name in there somewhere, at least in your bio. Put your name in your bio. Yeah, I I prefer if you're a brand, be a brand. And if you're a person, be a person. You can now share your brand stuff from being a person, but be a person first. Yeah. The other other thing I have here is uh, 37 signals. I follow 37 signals. I don't have any problem. The username is 37 signals. Uh Uh-huh. The name on the account is 37 signals. And the bio is news on 37 signals products and more. We're here to answer questions Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Central Time. Now, see, that is an example where that that is an exception. I know that Jason Freed owns the company. I know that they have lots of employees and there could be at any time any of their employees could be in use of that account. But I don't follow that for personal connection or to get to know them better. I follow that account to be to keep up to date with you know, uh, notifications of if Basecamp might be down or Highrise might be experiencing an outage and updates on when that's coming back up or something like that, which, by the way, hardly ever happens. Some other ones that I'm, some other brands, Platform Conference, I follow that. Uh, Score Conference, both of those Michael Hyatt conferences. I'm getting, I'm speaking at Platform, I'm attending Score, so I'm following those brands. Now, after I attend Score, I can tell you right now, probably within 30 or 45 days after I attend the SCORE conference, 
I'll probably stop following that account but continue to follow the platform. So it's not that I won't follow a brand, but uh, and but but the brand is it it's not personal brands I treat differently than than businesses, like bigger businesses. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, if you're a personal brand and you want me to follow you on Twitter, you know, give us a name, even if it's just in the bio. That's all yeah. I want. Good tips. Share your name. All right, Eric, uh, they're not too bad for our 10-minute uh, social media segment yeah, today. I think we can trim it down to anyways. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. We'll just uh, we'll just uh, say this has been another lengthy segment of uh, our social media segment. Eric, it's always a pleasure. What's the, what's the latest thing on your plate outside of the world of Podcast Answer Man and reporting on social media here? Latest thing on my plate, let's see. Uh, I'm always doing awesome interviews that I'm personally am learning myself from by interviewing these, these awesome people over at beyond the to-do list.com. Um, even just listening back through them and listening to their answers again, just I've made a couple of changes in my life recently that really start to plant deeper seeds into what I really want to be doing. So that's awesome. Yep. Well, my friends, I encourage you to check it out beyond the to do list.com with Eric Fisher. And of course, you can follow Eric on Twitter at twitter.com slash Eric with the K, the letter J F I S H E R. And then and I am still accepting more friend requests on Facebook. <laughs> hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash Eric with a K, letter J F I S H E R. Eric, thank you, my friend. You're welcome. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. See ya. Well, my friends, it's going to wrap it up for another episode here of Podcast Answer Man. Got a couple of things I want to share with you here at the end. First, I want to say thank you to the folks behind lifeinnovators.com. Again, that's lifeinnovators.com. I noticed that it's still pointing to an old domain, but uh, the folks behind that domain have recently used my affiliate link at Bluehost to sign up for a hosting account. And as you guys know, when somebody signs up for a hosting account through Bluehost, I do receive a very generous commission. So uh, thank you guys for doing that. Uh, If you want to hear all about my thoughts related to podcast website hosting, hosting of your media files, and everything that I have to think about that, head over to podcastanswerman.com slash hosting for full details. Also, I want to let you know that I'm getting ready to head out to the SCORE conference in Orlando, Florida. I'll be in Orlando from May 6th through 9th. Looking forward to connecting with my good friends down there, Michael Hyatt, uh, Jim Munchback, John Morgan, and uh, a couple other folks that are heading down. Jared Easley's going down with me. It's going to be a great time. And uh, looking forward to taking my public speaking to a whole new level. If you want to find out more details about that, it's scoreconference.tv. That's S-C-O-R-R-E conference.tv. Promo code promo code Cliff gets you $100 off. I think they've probably sold out by now, but uh, you could try. <laughs> also, the gspn.tv community cruise. I'll be doing that uh, June 23rd through the 27th. And if you want more information about that, gspn.tv slash cruise. And it's certainly not too late to get signed up for the platform conference in Dallas, Texas, November 3rd through the 5th. You can find out more information about that at platformconference.tv. Promo code Cliff will save you $100 there as well. And I will be speaking at the platform conference, hopefully using some of those new skills that I picked up at the Square Conference. Anyway, look forward to meeting as many of you there as possible. Of course, there's always going to be more coming up in the future, and I'll make those announcements as they become available. Also, podcasting A to Z. My next course starts on Monday, May 20th, and goes for four weeks. If you want a special discount and you want more information about podcasting A to Z, email me, cliff, at podcastanswerman.com. I would love to work with you on a special discount that I have only for those who reach out to me via email. Cliff at podcastanswerman.com. Just put A to Z in the subject line and I'll be happy to uh, respond to you as quickly as possible. And also last week at the very end of the episode, I mentioned that I have some podcast mastermind openings. Now I have received a bunch of uh, applications. I am doing some interviews this week and next week, uh, but I still have 
two more spots that are open, uh, potentially, maybe more if I don't approve everybody that uh, I'm working with. But uh, if you want more information about the Podcast Mastermind, head over to podcastmastermind.com and then email me at cliff at podcastanswerman.com with, uh, to request more information and we'll get in touch. Anyway, that's it. I'll be back again next week. God bless. Bye-bye. Podcast Answer Man.